Good afternoon, good morning, good day. Got Sir Truck Driver here with you. We're going to record ourselves an episode of uh, Shifting Gears. Um, I am currently out on the road, and I am in the truck, and I am recording. <laughs> I actually have some uh, downtime between loads here, so I don't have the reefer grinding away in the background. And... Uh, the truck itself is off, and as you can tell, there is no background noise for the moment. Can't guarantee it'll be like this for the next couple of shows, but <laughs> we'll see what we can uh, what we can do here. So, uh, we, like I said, we are recording in the truck, and uh, give you a little bit of a idea what uh, what I'm using here um, for uh, for my equipment. I uh, am currently using a. Uh, uh, road uh roadcaster uh duo which is a small form uh, of the roadcaster uh, pro 2 um this is the soundboard and i got all kinds of effects and i can make clips and all that stuff but i'm not going to be doing that on this show here so um and i am using a uh little b-link uh pc uh on the uh i have that set up on the shelf over here in my what i call my entertainment center um, I also have you know a bunch of little solid state hard drives that I have my uh, uh, movies and television and stuff like that. So, um, and what else am I using? Oh, I've got a little uh, Jackery uh, power supply. Um, one of the I've I've recorded out of the truck before because um, I used to do another podcast like 15, 20 years ago, or you know back when they they first started. And uh, I had always had problems every time I was trying to record something. Um, I would plug it into the truck, and the power supply I would always get a heavy AC hum, just a bzzz in the background. And uh, if I, I knew what I had to do, but they, we didn't have the technology like uh, these little LiFePo batteries and so on, and uh, everything was always had to be plugged into the truck to run and. I had a laptop and and would run the laptop, but it you couldn't run it for very long. It was an older laptop, and the battery was dead, so I you know, would have a half an hour worth of recording time before the battery would be would be shot. So, <laughs> uh, that was a, was a lot of um, uh, a lot of technical issues and and a lot of uh, hurdles to overcome there. So, uh, but like I said, I do got this little uh, jackery here. Um, it's 500 watts, and uh, it plugs in. I can either charge it uh, through the, uh, the truck's power inverter, or it's also got a uh, plug to uh, plug into a cigarette lighter uh, port. And uh, it, it uh, did a pretty good job. Uh, I recorded uh, an episode of uh, Rolling On uh, the other day, and uh, it, I ran that uh, the uh, the soundboard off it for like three hours uh, looking at various music and stuff like that and it knocked the power down like 10 percent so this thing has it has some good staying power on and i'm figuring i probably wouldn't have to charge it maybe once every you know six to eight hours maybe 10 hours uh of use um so i can't complain too much about that but um uh and uh i'm using uh program called tenacity for my digital audio workstation i don't know why they just don't call it a recording program but you know if, if i want to sound even reasonably professional that's what i got to do so but uh yeah uh, so that that's just a brief uh, brief insight as to how i'm doing things here in the truck i know it's a little bit of inside podcasting but you know i, I like talking about this sort of stuff so um 
And uh, see, where in the heck am I? I am currently in uh, Harrisonburg, Arkansas. Um, uh, yeah, Virginia. Um, I just uh, completed a load. I pulled a load out of uh, Dallas, and uh, I am. Uh, I delivered over here, uh, uh, probably about two or three miles away. Uh, it took me day, you know, two and a half days to get up here. Things were, I got a little bit of a late start on the day that I left. So um, it was mm, just around 1,200 miles, 1,204. I think I got paid uh, 1,196, but the actual hub miles driven, you know, rubber road miles, I think it was 1,204, 1,206, something like that. So. But uh, yeah, we we got it here on time, and now I gotta pick up a, a, a an actually a rather unusual for me a, a load. I gotta pay. A, a, there's two pickups on it and two deliveries, so I think they're trying to uh, uh, try to work me like a, a less than truckload uh, delivery here. Pick up from two different customers and make two different deliveries, which we don't usually do. That it's it surprised the heck out of me when I saw that come across, but. I can't complain too much. the uh, The two pickups are right close to each other, and they're in fact the the first place that I got a pick up at is where I actually delivered earlier this evening, and then uh, the second one is uh, probably about a mile and a half away. And then I've got two stops in Atlanta, although I looked up the address on uh, one of the stops. It's technically in in Fulton, which is a suburb of Atlanta, but the bill of lading has it listed as Atlanta, so which kind of bugs me because when uh, when I get paid, it'll look at the the amount of miles driven. And the suburb of uh, Fulton is actually probably about uh, 20 miles further on the other side of Atlanta. So if my bill, if the, uh, the company was going to pay me going to where it's actually going to, I would get probably an extra 20 miles on it. That's one of the famous things about uh, trucking companies. You know, they'll do anything and everything they can do to to, to shave miles off. You know, uh, it's with technology today, and this is just my opinion. You know, I should be getting paid for the practical miles from dock to dock, but unfortunately, I don't. Um, they pay me what they call practical miles, going from zip code to zip code, and. You know, because Atlanta is such a large city, um, the zip code that I'm getting paid going to versus the zip code that Fulton is, it's it's uh, you know tw- like I said, twenty mile difference, and it's rather a pain. You know, they're they're doing everything that they can do to ignore the technology, you know, or to ignore the the benefits of uh, the benefits for the driver um, using technology. So. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I spent five days at home uh, this last home time and uh, left out of Dallas. And I, that was a nice five days off. I kind of enjoyed myself. I, did, I was supposed to do a whole bunch of work in, in, uh, in uh, my apartment. My apartment is it's just a, <laughs> I left it in a, in a pretty sad shape. And I, I live alone. I don't have any house cleaners or anything like that. So I'm, when I go home, that's the first thing I got to do is go home and clean the house and uh, that was just me being lazy, though. It's 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 the holidays, and I don't deal well with the holidays. I usually end up getting a little depressed or whatever. But I I don't want to say depressed, but I just I don't feel anything, you know. And I, I just I don't want to do anything. Uh, I, I, well, clin- I, technically, I guess that might be a sign of depression. I don't know, but I, I just uh, I I just didn't have the motivation to to step up and do anything. Um, I did uh, did the laundry and whatnot and tinkered around with the computers and did some, you know, moved some stuff over to storage. I'm starting to get a little pack ratty, but so we're trying to fight that off there. So, but uh, yeah, we uh, we did a good trip uh, coming up here to uh, Virginia, although I did uh, get stopped at the um, state scales. The Virginia Department of Transportation gave me an inspection um, in uh, Roanoke. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't completely and totally pass that one. I didn't get a ticket or anything, but he found one. <laughs> this shows how much of a dick that these guys can be. He found uh, one 
very small quarter inch long slice in um, there's a um, airline that goes from the tr- back of the tractor that feeds the airline in the trailer just the the, the outside it, it's a, the the airline itself is you know made up of you know five or six different layers it's got a heavy rubber coating on the outside and then it's got a braided core on the inside and on then on the inside of that, it's got some other P and not the PVC, but it's got some other uh, uh, re- you know, flexible uh, rubber-like materials. You know, there's there's uh, there's you know four, five, or six layers there, and on the very, very outside of this, just one very, very small slice. I mean, not even a quarter inch long. You know, probably half the uh, half the width of my fingernail, and <laughs> out of everything on that truck. He couldn't find anything wrong except for this one little itty bitty slice, and it, it was just a, just on the very surface of the the rubber. And uh, he would go. He had to. He decided he had to uh, write it up for me. So I was like, "Geez, you know, really?" <laughs> He's like, "Well, yeah, this is just the way that it is." And he, they, so they, I didn't get a ticket for him, for it, and it didn't put me out of service or anything like that. But that is something that I do need to uh, see about getting by a uh, company terminal to get it fixed. Um, we could. Uh, I talked to uh, my shop supervisor, and they were like, "Well, you know, if he didn't put you out of service, that means that it's okay to run here." Oh, I'm gonna move some equipment around here a little bit, um, and. So when I get a uh, on this trip, technically I'm supposed to be, according to my routing, I'm supposed to be going down through um, South Carolina. But we have company terminals uh, both uh, j- just north of Atlanta. Jeez, <laughs> just north of Atlanta, and we have another one just out of, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. So. I ran the miles and figured it's 20 miles or so out of, you know, extra driven miles to get down to, well, um, Knoxville. And I'm going to stop at the company terminal there and, and uh, see about getting it taken care of if I have the time. So this truck is due for service, uh, what they call an A service, which is they do an oil change and do lubrication and they go over the truck with a, I don't want to say a fine tooth comb, but they look for any obvious problems. And but uh, that's not sc- technically scheduled for another six thousand miles, which will be about oh, probably two weeks, two and a half, almost three weeks. Um, so, but I I do need to get that uh, that airline taken care of. So, but that's the way it goes. That's the life of a driver here. So. Uh, what else are we going to talk about here? Um, I'm not going to give a report on the keto, um, cause I am not home and I don't have my scale here. Um, so, and plus it's, it's not good. I'm going to try to do this every week, uh, you know, do the podcast every week. So, um, it's obviously not good to, you know, I don't want to say not good, but it's not advisable to be checking your weight every week because you get, um, you get a little you know, bent out of shape, you know, I'm not seeing any weight loss right here. You know, you're seeing one or two pounds a week and that's, you know, people want to see large changes, not small. So, uh, I'll be going home. Uh, it'll probably be the first week of January somewhere and somewhere around there. And we'll see how that, uh, we'll see how that works out. See what, uh, going on the scale. Uh, this, this, this one's going to be kind of a, a rough, three weeks when I left the house I didn't uh, I didn't take all the insulin that I was supposed to uh, to bring with me I forgot to uh, stock my um, uh, what you call uh, my uh, little bottle here so I got enough technically to last me if I'm very very careful with my with my diet so which will also help you know, with with the weight loss and everything it'll just uh, give me an, an extra motivation to stay away from the uh, sugars and and bread and all of that. So when I was home, I did kind of slip off it again. And so, you know, I, I didn't really, uh, didn't really do good while I was home. So (laughs) I've got the, uh, got the motivation now to, uh, to keep this done. Plus I, I do need to be careful. I got a, uh, 
company physical coming up in January as well. So I got to make sure that my blood sugar and everything is under control for that and, and my uh, blood pressure and such. So, but, uh, so we're going to move on to a couple of stories here that uh, I've been uh, paying attention to. Uh, it, 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 this first story uh, comes kind of across. It's uh, scumbags. It's just, it's not a good, it's, <laughs> it's a rig full of toys for tots. Donations was stolen from a, a Northern California warehouse. And yeah, this is something that truck drivers really need to be concerned about with security and, and making sure that, uh, that your trucks are you know properly secured uh, if you're going to be away from them for any uh, period of time. But I'm going to read the story off here. Uh, it says, a truck full of Toys for Tots donations stolen from a Northern California warehouse has been recovered without the load of toys, organizers say. So they got it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that just—it's—it's it, it, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's just one of those things that you know. It's Christmas time; these things aren't supposed to happen. I said the uh, theft occurred on uh, December eighth near Brainerd, California, on Highway one hundred and one, according to Lost Coast Outpost. The thieves first broke into a bobtail truck at Green Diamond Resource Company, and then drove it to the warehouse where the toy dona- uh, toy donations were stored. The thieves then broke into the warehouse, removed the surveillance cameras, and stole the trailer packed with toys. The thieves then drove the rig straight through a gate and left the scene. Uh, the truck was later found abandoned, but all the toys were nowhere to be seen, said Greg Gardner, coordinator for Toys for Tots in Humboldt, Trinity, Del Norte, and northern Mendocino, Mendocino counties. Uh, he says a significant portion of the donations from this year were taken in the theft. Someone managed to gain access to the facility, Gardner said. They managed to steal a truck from a construction company, a semi-truck, come over to our warehouse and use a bolt cutter to get into our warehouse and then take the toys. Uh, it's hard to imagine that anyone would break into Toys for Tots, and that, but that's exactly what happened on Friday night. Uh, Toys for Tots wrote on this Facebook page. And there's a link on the on on the uh, page. This story uh, is coming from a CDL Life you know, com, and I'll post a link to this on the um, on my website here. So uh, continue on. It says we're going to make sure somehow that we pull this together so that not a single child is impacted. Gardner uh, said to K I E M T V. Uh, that is our mission. That is what we do. We are a 100% volunteer organization. At first, I was angry and then started thinking about our community, Gardener continued, and I think about all the supporters that help us all year long to make this program possible to service all these kids in all these, in, and all these counties. It should be in all these counties, but I don't know. It's the way they write. Uh, I think that folks who donate... Or I think about the folks that donate trucks to move our goods. I look at all that stuff, and I think to myself, you know, maybe it's time to turn the frown upside down. Let's be grateful for these great people who help us so much. And the Eureka uh, Police Department has agreed to increase patrols in the area, but no further information has been released. So there's a special place in hell for people like that, that, uh, that steal toys that are meant for kids, you know, that just... It, it it really it's a it's a nasty nasty thing that that these yeah you know, that that is the kind of thing where you honestly look at these people and go well, you know do you have a soul <laughs> do you have a you know do you do you have a, a spirit do you have anything like that you know any kind of empathy compassion or any you know anything that is redeemable in you as a human being and you know, it, yeah, that's the that's the bad thing about greed. You know, that's where greed, you know, is it, it, it corrupts the the human spirit. You know, it corrupts the soul. And uh, you know, if if you're if, especially when it comes to, to stealing from children, that, that just you know, that's the low of the low. It just <laughs> yeah, there isn't really much I can say about it. I mean, unless I want to start going into some nasty swear words and bad language and all of that and I, I while I'm a truck driver I, I do try to keep myself uh, you know 
using uh, using a better language, but uh, there there are yeah there there are things that just are no good for that. So, but uh, like I said, man, that's just that's one of the things that yeah. You know, I, I like I said, I've I've not I'm not really in a in a good Christmas spirit here. You know, looking at some of the things that are going on and whatnot, it just it it, it bothers me. But move on from a Christmas story here. <laughs> We're gonna move on to another one. This is uh, this this guy. Uh, I could you you could compliment him for trying to be um, inventive, but mm, yeah, <laughs> highly questionable. This one is uh, comes from uh, foxweather.com and uh, says driver busted for using USB cord as impromptu tire chain accessory. Not acceptable. <laughs> you don't say. Is that a driver in Washington State was given a hefty fine when it was discovered they had not only improperly fitting tire chains, but they used a rather dangerous method to fix the issue: a USB cord. Uh, this was uh, comes from Hayek, Washington. Um, when driving in winter weather on the freeway, it's not only essential to carry tire chains, chains, but make sure ahead of time they're the right size for the vehicle's tires. And believe me, there's a lot of rookie drivers out there that you know if they're working for a, a small time company who doesn't care about the rules and regulations, you know they they don't. You know, it's just changed. You know, all the tires are the same size. I was like, no, no, they're not. They, you know, they, and these small companies, you know, half of them are run by people who don't understand the laws, or if they even have a smidge of understanding, they still have problems. You know, reading the reading the language, and it's it's a it's a serious thing here. So. We're going to continue on. Uh, a driver in Washington State was given a hefty fine Thursday when it was discovered they not only had improperly fitting chains, but they used a rather dangerous method to fix the U.S. Uh, to fix the issue, the USB cord. And a Washington State patrol uh, patrol trooper spotted the vehicle along Interstate 90's Snoqualmie Pass on Thursday evening as heavy snow fell in the mountains. The driver had chains that were too small and used a USB cord to remedy the issue, Trooper Rick Johnson posted on X. Not acceptable. And there's some pictures on this. And, yeah, not acceptable. The, 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 the chains are, are literally being held, being uh, adjusted uh, by a USB cord. And it just it's... <laughs> You have to see the pictures to, to understand it. Yeah. And especially if you happen to live up in the Northwest or if you're a, a, a truck driver who operates up in the Northwest and you understand how important you know, chains are, take a, look at, take a look at these pictures. It's just, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, we're going to continue on this, uh, with the story. I said, it was not cheap either, Johnson told Fox Weather. The driver was fined, of, uh, was given a $500 ticket for not carrying proper chains, although, like their cord, they were not charged. Uh, I don't know, I understand what that, what that was supposed to be, but it was only one of many traffic uh, issues. Uh, troopers and Washington State Department of Transportation personnel faced with a heavy snowstorm hitting the popular travel link between western and eastern Washington, as many other drivers ignored the traction tire and chain warnings, too. At one point, the entire pass was closed for more than three hours on Thursday evening due to multiple spin-outs. Uh, Come on, you folks, you can do better than this, WSDOT officials posted on their Snoqualmie Pass X account. We are closed eastbound I-90 at mile marker 47 west of the summit due to vehicles not obeying traction, tire requirements, and spinning out and blocking lanes. Please obey traction requirements and know before you go. Uh, WSDOT officials said Snoqualmie Pass received about 15 inches of snow Thursday night. And this, this story is actually, uh, let's see, what's, what's the date on this? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, oh, this was uh, published December 9th. So, and today is currently, I think, December 12th. 
So this was posted three days ago. But, uh, let's see. Uh, more snow was on the way over the weekend as winter storm warnings forecast up to 8 to 12 inches of snow of new snow at Snoqualmie Pass with the new atmospheric river uh, for change uh, before a change to a period of freezing rain Sunday morning. So that's one of the things that I'm glad about. I'm, I'm on the East Coast at, at this current moment, although I can guarantee before I go home I will get at least one trip going out there because it, it, it's nice that I'm a, a, an over-the-road truck driver and, and you know, I'm in the national fleet, but it, if I had any choice... You know, I would stay out of out of the west in in the mountains in uh, during the winter, and and that's one of the things that really irritates me about my company is that oh, here we go, truck's going to start naturally. I don't know if you can hear that. Yep, hang on a second. Let me see if I can turn the fan down. Oh. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the truck is uh, the truck starts and trying to uh, let me let me pause this and go turn this off. I don't need to worry about the battery right now. I will be right back. There we go. Sorry about that. I had to uh, turn the truck off here. The uh, the the truck batteries. I've got to get the batteries replaced on these. The truck's been parked for probably about an hour and a half, two hours, and they've gone from full charge down to uh, uh, down to recharge. The, the truck automatically restarts to charge them, and I'll get into that later. But uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, we we're talking about uh, Washington State and uh, the snow chains, and um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I I really don't like the way my company operates sometimes. Um, they, they, they won't run me out in the West at all during the summertime when the weather's nice. And the only time that they run me out in the wintertime is, or run me out West is in, in the wintertime when the snow and the weather's nasty and the chain laws are up. And, you know, the, the only thing that really saves me from, you know, not, uh, quitting and walking away from this company is the fact that they don't require me to uh, put the chains on when the weather does turn inclement. So um, if I want to go, I mean, obviously I have to put the chains on, but the company will give me a reasonable amount of time to sit and let the, uh, let the chain loss, you know, go down, let the weather, bad weather pass. And Usually, you know, within a within a half a day, everything, you know, the most of the states out there in the winter, you know, they take pretty good, uh, a quick care of their highways. So, um, I generally don't have to park all that often, but it, it just it, it really does bother me. You know, it's it's not so much the weather; it's just the 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 idea that the company is, you know, they're essentially they're targeting me. Uh, for the Northwest only in the wintertime. And that, you know, I find that to be a problem. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, but, you know, that's, that's the life of a truck driver, I suppose. I mean, it, it, compared to the to the trucking of, of, you know, what it was 45 or 50 years ago, um, the, 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 the trucking industry, yeah, we're, we're all nothing. Yeah. The majority of us are nothing but a bunch of prima donnas. And yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of put myself in there. I, I don't like to do all that, you know, extra work if I don't have to, uh, you know, if they paid me to do something like that, you know, I, I would probably go ahead and do it. You know, if they wanted to pay me, you know, uh, 35 or $50, you know, for the, for the chain up for the actual work. Um, yeah, I would probably do it to make sure that the load delivers on time. But, you know, my company is, is uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to say who I work for. Um, that's I, that's you know, none of nobody's business. But uh, just needless to say, it is what they call a mega carrier, you know, that's got, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of drivers in their, uh, in their operations. So, you know, keeping that, that information to myself is, uh, is, is, you know, a, a good thing, but um, yeah, the the, the, the companies, uh, my company, if I decide that I want to put the chains on, you know, and they're telling me that I don't have to put them on, 
but they're not going to tell me not to, you know. Um, so, but if I put the chains on and I start driving and I go up and I put so much as a single scratch on either my truck or tap another vehicle or something, the very first thing that they're going to do is they're going to throw me under the bus. And when it comes to the court, oh, man, this guy, this truck, he was crazy. He come right out of nowhere and he crashed into my car. Oh, my God, I'm such a victim, such a victim. Oh, my poor, woe is me. You know, you're, you're, you're his employer. What are you going to do about this? And they're going to take it to court. And the very first thing that the court, is, that, the, that my company is going to say is this was the driver's decision. We did not tell him to do this. This accident is on him. You know, and you know, at, at that point, yeah, it would. You probably could consider that, even though I was, you know, trying to be a nice guy and trying to get their load delivered on time. You know, they they give them they give themselves that out, that uh, that backup, so that they don't have to. Uh, you know, that gives them plausible deniability. And believe me, I take full advantage of that. You know, when that when when the chain laws come up, unless I'm actually on top of the mountain and I need to put the chains on to get off, if I'm at the bottom of the mountain, I am not putting them on at the bottom of the mountain, climbing over the top, getting over the other side, and taking them off. And doing that three, four, five times a day, no, not going to do that. You know, I will sit and I will park it. And and let the uh, let the bad weather go. Let the you know, the Department of Transportation, let the salters and sanders and and shakers and plows do their job. And I'm just going to sit there and watch the snowfall. Uh, that I don't get paid enough to to get thrown under the bus like that. So, and uh, there, there's more drivers that there, there's a lot of hardcore owner operators that'll go out of their way because you know they they work under a different pay scale you know so if they get delayed that costs them you know personally a whole bunch of money because a, a, a contract with an owner operator is much much different than a contract with a, with a mega carrier or a you know a large corporation so they don't have the wiggle room that uh, you know income wise that companies like uh, like mine do so but um so but the winter winter time is coming here uh what is t- today's the 12th so we got what, another 10 days before winter time officially officially starts something like that so that's uh <laughs> the and, and the another one of the things that uh, i i think i talked about this in, in the uh, in the last show um that i did um, Wyoming is uh, putting up the um, uh, weight limits for, um, uh, for you know for when the high winds are up there. That's another one of the times where I'll park um, because once again the company will turn around and say, "Well, you know that's the driver's decision," and, and that's gonna that's their excuse for everything. You know, so if I go and I'm yeah you know, if I'm fully loaded down, it's seventy five or eighty thousand pounds. Sorry about that uh, gross weight. And I go run, you know, rolling across, and I get hit by an eighty mile an hour gust of wind, and it tips me over. That's the first thing. Well, that was the driver's decision to do this. So, you know, the, the fact that the company won't stand behind me, you know, and, and that's one of the things that has changed seriously about the trucking industry uh, over over the last you know thirty years. I've been driving. I started in ninety two, so that's. Uh, 31 years and, and well no I started driving in 91 so that's 32 years so almost at the 33 ding 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 um, that's one of the things that that, that uh, has changed you know trucking companies do not stand behind their drivers anymore when I first started driving if you had an accident or fender bender or whatever you know, the, the very first thing that they would do is they would ask you, are you okay? You know, is there any damages, any insurance, you know, any, any, any of this, any of that? Now it's, um, you know, uh, were you at fault? Did you wander? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you look in your mirrors? Did you do, you know, they're, they're saying, they're, you know, they're asking every question to look and, and try to figure out, you know, how to pin this on the driver. They are looking you know, for any any single thing, they are looking to to blame on the driver, and you know, that that's how 
things have changed. It's it's the the super corporatization of the trucking industry that's really taken this taken it down, and and I'll be glad when you know, I technically I've got uh, four and two. Uh, so I've got six or seven years before I can even consider retiring, but um, hopefully though I can get through these next you know six or seven years without uh, without any kind of serious incidents. That's uh, something that I really don't want to have to deal with. <laughs> you know, when I'm seventy years old and I'm still out here driving and having to deal with the with the you know, with the companies and you know everybody just you know driving me up uh, feeling like i've got a big target on my back so but anyway man, let's <laughs> i know i'm getting grumpy here let's <laughs> let's move on to the next story <laughs> uh let's see this next story is uh this one uh came across at the, at the uh, i i saw that i've seen this a couple of different people have posted about this uh, on uh on a, a couple of various uh, forums and and uh, trucking websites that uh, that I frequent, this one came across at the end of November. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. I've got a frog in my throat. Ribbit. Um, yeah, this one came across at the at the end of December. It's another one of those things where you got to pay attention to what's going on and this this is one of the things that that gives uh truck drivers a bad name with their employers uh, so the story uh this is on the not the b and uh, once again i'll put the link to uh to the to all the stories that i'm reading here uh, i will put them over on um uh, uh, my uh website uh, shifting gears dot show and uh, this one is called South Carolina truck driver was arrested after he allegedly stole 20 tons of chickens of chicken he was hired to deliver. Why would you want 20 tons of chicken? <laughs> uh, police in South Carolina have arrested a truck driver after he allegedly absconded with cargo he was supposed to, supposed to deliver. Specifically, he took off with 20 tons of chicken. What was the man's plan? Just to eat all that chicken? Uh, actually, the plan was a little more ingenious than it appears on the surface. Uh, 55-year-old Christopher Thomas was supposed to deliver 41,000 pounds of chicken for Pilgrim's Pride Plant in Sumter, South Carolina, to two locations in Milton, Georgia. But thinking he could get away with it, Thomas made multiple stops along the way and sold the chickens right off the truck at a personal profit. Uh... Yeah, Thomas was to deliver approximately 41,000 pounds of chicken uh, uh, valued at approximately $80,000. He was arrested with approximately seven pallets loaded with 215 cases of chicken weighing 8,000 pounds remaining. It's believed that Thomas sold off 33,000 pounds of chicken, the sheriff's office says. Ding, 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 33, 33 is the magic number. <laughs> Uh, see, this dude was making bank, uh, but Pilgrim Spy knew something was up, and that's why police were tipped off to his scheme. Uh, a tip led them to pull Thomas over in a traffic stop, allegedly on a trip to make another sale. Uh, following the tip, inf uh, law enforcement was able to travel to where Thomas had agreed to meet a buyer. Upon Thomas's arrival uh, at the predetermined location, the Sumter County Sheriff's Office investigator and deputies from Lee County activated their blue lights and performed a traffic stop, the Sumter County Sheriff said. Thomas is sitting in a cell with $50,000 surety bond for his poultry crime. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty ingenious, uh, pretty ingenious, well, I don't want to say ingenious, but uh, it's happened before and it'll happen again. It's definitely not original, but um, yeah, it's... That's the way it goes. At least it didn't happen right at Christmas, you know. Stealing food in itself is is a bad thing, and that's primarily all I haul is just foodstuffs. And uh, you got to make sure, you know, the the world out here is going crazy. So, yeah, I always make sure that I have my locks on. 
I, you know, I've got a couple of locks, and then I've got this big honking metal frame lock that uh, I I put on. It actually goes around the the uh, the, the uh, there's a couple of long bars that run from the bottom of the trailer all the way to the top. They have, they have the knuckles that uh, close to keep you know that swing to keep the doors uh, closed, and I have a um, uh, I don't know what kind of you know what they call it, um, but the uh, the uh, framework goes around these bars and locks them. You, you slide them together, and then you you fasten your lock in, into the frame. And then I've got two other locks that go on my uh, on my doors, you know, on the on the on the handles. So, and then I you know make sure that uh, the interior of the truck. I always keep my doors locked. I, I've actually had somebody break into my truck and steal my laptop while I was sleeping. I woke up just as he got his hands on it, and he got out and got away before I could throttle him. But uh, when now that uh, we do that sort of thing, or that sort of thing happens, I always make sure I have a couple of straps um, that I feed through the door handles and keep the, the keep the doors strapped shut, which. The door handles on this, I mean, if somebody really wants to open the door by force, you know, brute forcing it, you know, these, uh, <clears throat> these interior panels, you know, they, don't, they won't stay on, but it'll give me enough time to at least get up and, and grab my beat stick and, you know, be able to defend myself and be able to defend the truck. So, but uh, security is, is one of the truck drivers, you know, primary things going on out here that you really... It, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it wasn't as quite as bad. Um, it, it, well, it's not really. It's not really that. It's not bad. It's just the, the crime is a lot more organized, and you know that once again that that comes with uh, communication, and that's you know that's done by uh, both you know cell phone, text, um, internet, you know instant messaging, and all of that. You know the, these things didn't exist. You know. 25 or 30 years ago, or, you know, they weren't uh, heavily prevalent. And, and that's what makes things a, a whole lot simpler now is the ability to keep yourself organized and, uh, you know, with, with your partners in crime. And that makes everything a little bit easier. I mean, you still have to go through the physical act of breaking into something and stealing something and getting away with it. But the organization, the stalking, the uh, the, the the ability to identify a, a, a target to determine whether or not you want to take it, you know, that's become so much simpler now than than what it was when I first started driving. So, but it's just it's just a, a sign of the world has gone crazy. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be flat out honest with you. I I, I really think that I, the Portions of the internet, as much as I am a firm believer in the Constitution, freedom of speech, freedom of uh, expression, and all like that, the instant communication that we have today is, is it's it's a good thing, but it is too easily abused, and. This is one of the uh, little odd areas where you know you you look at uh, common sense versus the Constitution. You know when they wrote the Constitution, I don't think the our forefathers had any clue or any inkling of, uh, about. Um, uh, uh, oh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, about the the technological advances. So when when you think about it, and and you look at you know the the Constitution. And then you look at how people, you know, look at the internet and say, "Well, oh, you know, this is this is yeah, the the internet allows us to continue our First Amendment rights and so on and so forth." But really, if you really want to think about it, you know, the, the internet is is a tool. It's not not technically considered a right yet. So you could can't speak here. If I wanted, if I could. If, jeez, I really can't talk today. <laughs> if I had the ability to, um, and it were up to me, you know, I would, I would essentially turn off um, the internet for social interactions. And the the I know everybody's going to turn around and say, "Oh man, that, that's that's violating our civil rights and so on." 
Now, technically, it's not. You know, I if I were to silence you, you I, I by taking away the internet, I am not doing in any way, shape, or form, you know, silencing anybody. You know, they, one of the things about the Constitution is it says, you know, the government shall not infringe upon you know, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Sure, no problem. Um, it says absolutely nothing about the dissemination of information like that. Yeah, you know, which te- technically, if you wanted to look at freedom of press, um, yeah, you could probably, you know, possibly um, look at that. Sure, no problem. You know, look at, you know, and, and pose freedom of speech as a form of freedom of press. But when it comes right down to it, you could turn off the internet with no with no real legal uh, repercussions. Why? Because you are not having your access to a pen and a piece of paper. You know, dissemination of information. You know, it, it, the internet makes it very very convenient, but the internet can be turned off without silencing your speech. Because the only thing that it does is makes things, makes things easier. You still have your freedom of, of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of press. You just have to put a pen to paper. And people uh, look at convenience as if it's a right. And you know, that's part of the problem with what's going on with the world today. Everybody looks and, and they consider everything to be a right. You know, nobody wants to take the time to actually sit down and, uh, and understand what's going on. You know, they want the right to privacy, which yeah, I'm all for that. I, I don't, you know, I don't, be, I don't begrudge anybody the right to privacy. But when you abuse that right and you start you, you, uh, using freedom of speech and, uh, and, uh, and, and whatnot to badger to uh, denigrate, to yell and scream and pitch a fit and, and everything, you know, that's the sort of thing that really does need to go away. I mean, well, I don't want, I want, don't want to say go away, but it needs to, to be curbed a little bit. You know, it, it needs to be, uh, you know, freedom of speech is a right, absolutely, but every right has a responsibility that goes along with it. So when you want to write something and, and express yourself, sure, no problem. But if you're going to be nasty about it, you've got to accept the responsibilities that go with it. And when you uh, abuse that and you do it behind, you know, behind uh, the, the, the anonymity, you know, that's not accepting responsibility for your actions. And you know, people... They they just they they love avoiding responsibility. It, it's part of uh, in in my opinion it's it's part of the idea of greed. Um, it's more and more people they, they, the, when they think that they can get away with something. Um, they, that really is in certain ways a, a sign of uh, of of greed, because it it's a. Uh, I don't know. I had a I had an entire thought process on this earlier today, and and I didn't get a chance to write it down. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember exactly how I how I had it figured out, but um, it, basically it, it comes down to you know anything that you can. It, it, this is just this is my opinion. You know, this is not uh, any facts or anything like that. This is just simply my opinion. But you know, anytime you do whatever it is that you need to do to um, convenience yourself, and and not take accept, and, and not take and accept responsibility for your actions, you know that that's that really is a form of greed, um, because you're doing everything that you can do to benefit, without actually having to earn it, and you know that's. Uh, if you can go to uh, go to your job and work as hard as you can work and get all that money, great, fantastic, no problem. But if you go to your job and you sit down and you slack off and you sit in the corner and pick your nose or do whatever, but you continue to draw that paycheck, you're doing no work and you're getting all kinds of money for it. That's you know that that's 
the result of greed. And it's the same thing with avoiding um, responsibility while using freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Rights come with responsibilities. And that's one of the things that nobody really wants to accept. So, And that is what is causing our society essentially to crumble. You know, people are not educated enough to understand what rights truly are. They think because they have an idea in their head that that's automatically a law, you know, that they, that they can do whatever they want. I thought of it. I can express it. Yeah, which I got no problem with that, but accept the responsibilities that come along with it. That's the that's that's the problem that I have. So, but anyway, it's making my head hurt. I'm gonna go ahead and get on off out of here. I guess uh, I got to get up in the morning anyway. So, uh, I don't even know how we got on that from chicken theft. So. <laughs> Just one of those things. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to trigger this for a little bit. And uh, we're going to work our way out. Uh, if you ha have any comments, questions, suggestions, uh, concerns, uh, you can send them to uh, rollingonshow at gmail.com. I did set up a... Uh, email address for this show uh, on Gmail, but it it's not euphonious. It, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. So I'm just not gonna <laughs> not gonna do anything. So I won't even bother saying it here. So uh, we are going to I'm, I'm going to see about trying to get this done and uploaded for Wednesdays. Um, some days I'm I'll probably today is Tuesday uh, the 12th when I'm recording this and I'm going to upload it tonight for release tomorrow morning once I get all the uh, you know get all the, trim all the fat out of it and um, yeah we're going to try to get this uh, this is going to try to be I'm not going to make any promises because um, I'm doing this in the truck and I, there's going to be times especially with the holiday season I'm not going to be uh, having a lot of time to sit, uh, especially in a quiet environment with uh, with everything off here. So, um, but uh, th that's 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 my intent anyway. So, at any rate, uh, I am going to jump on out of here. I will hopefully see you all next week. Um, I do appreciate it. This is a value for value podcast. Um, if you found anything of uh, value here, uh, you can go to. Uh, if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can uh, drop me a few sats if you wish. Or if you didn't find anything, don't give me anything. Uh, that's no problem. I don't do this for the money. With all the money that I've put into this, <laughs> I, I am never going to turn a profit. So <laughs> profit is not this. This is, a, this is a work of love. This is, not a, this is not a work for money. So I will talk to you all later. Y'all have a good day. So long. Bye-bye.